On this episode, we discuss Andy the Talking Hedgehog. A Talking Hedgehog? Welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. <laughs> and I'm Elliot Kalin. What a high-energy intro. And no wonder, because we've got a very special guest with us today. Guys, I have to drop it, the high-energy stuff, because oh, my I think my larynx is going to explode if I keep oh. it up. Uh, the I spent so much time yelling at my children that I just, I can't, <laughs> I'm all out of loud. Uh, we're joined by a very special guest today, which is why we're so excited. Excited and excited. <laughs> excited. excited is like excited, but a little bit. Jewish. Our guest, Jim Albui, New York Times correspondent, freelance photographer, and even more importantly, as regular listeners will know because the subject matter of this episode and his previous appearance on the show, our regular returning hedgehog correspondent dealing with all the hedgehog issues, hedgehog culture, hedgehog social analysis, hedgehog politics. Jamel, before we get in on this movie, Andy the Talking Hedgehog, (laughs) tell me. Where do you see hedgehog issues today in America? Well, you know, first of all, we have to discuss the uh, the big storming of the Capitol by that mass army of hedgehogs <laughs> on January 6th. Yeah. The MAGA hedgehogs, the Confederate hedgehogs, uh, the hedgehogs that built that gallows for Mike Pence. It was all very disturbing. Which was doubly ironic since he is himself a hedgehog. Mm-hmm. Yes, true, true. First hedgehog yeah. American president. Or vice president. <laughs> oh, just you wait. Just you wait. He'll get there. Any guy? Wait, guys. Did I, did I forget to mention that I'm a total, I'm a total conservative guy now. Oh, I love okay. it all. It's great. Is that why uh, you're I pointing think, at us as much as you are? Yeah. It is. I think what I like best about it is the total abdication of responsibility for my own health and the health of others. Oh, I think that's yeah. really the best thing about it. Anyway, hedgehogs. We'll talk more about hedgehogs. And we'll have more. Really cutting political <laughs> satire. But first, I want to talk to you about our upcoming live show. That's right, on September 25th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. The Flophouse Boys are doing it again. We're going to be on the internet doing it. And by doing it, I mean talking about Super Mario Brothers. No nudity. Please don't misunderstand when I use the phrase doing it. Uh, we're going to have a live show over the internet like we've done a few times, but it's going to be all new material, uh, all new presentations, all new questions from the audience. Uh, we'll tell you more about the show later, but just want to make sure you knew in case you hadn't heard, September 25th, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, to get tickets, either Google Simple Ticks, Flophouse Mario Brothers, or go to flophousepodcast.com slash events, and you'll find the link to get tickets. Again, I'll tell you about it more later in the show. But first, let's return to more of this cutting-edge political (laughs) satire um, as we talk about Andy the Talking Hedgehog. Because, Dan, what do we do on this podcast? Uh, This is a podcast where we talk about uh, bad movies. We watch a bad movie and we talk about them. And uh, boy, boy, this is uh, Small Timber or Small Vember. Small Vember. Mm -hmm. uh, Where we watch smaller movies, movies that normally... You know, we might think, oh, this is, you know, like 
like beating up uh, a fish in a barrel, <laughs> like just punching yeah, that not fish. Just, not <laughs> just punching <laughs> down. I think that's yeah. way harder than, you, <laughs> yeah. than you're making it sound. <laughs> I feel like we, we are, <laughs> yeah, with a movie true. like this, we're we are punching so far down, it's like we're burrowing our fist into the ground to hit a corpse in the face. Yeah, mm-hmm. in general, this in general, we like to take on something a little larger, but... Every every year we give ourselves a month's dispensation to make fun of something real small, and in this case, oh boy, it, it's a, a small movie in production and a small movie in time, seventy minutes. Although uh, when we were watching, yeah, how much it, how much did this one cost like three to make? Hours. <laughs> yeah, how, how much did this one cost to make, guys? I, uh, I, I I don't know how much it costs to make. I will say that there's a scene where you can see the address of the house because it it is hugely large. (laughs) Yeah, if you look it up, it is this house. They did not put up a fake address. Uh And And the house, the way that address is written on the front of the house, it's not just the street number. It is the street number and street name written across the top above the door. I've never seen that on a house before. And it belongs to one of the producers of the film. I don't want to get into it Showing off. But like, I mean, that makes sense. That's how small the movie is. (laughs) I mean, but it's a nice, it's a, it's a, it's a bigger house than my house. But, uh, but it is a movie that takes place almost entirely inside and around one house. Yes. I I mean, as far as how much it costs, I feel like it all depends on how much Dean Cain charged, you know? Yes. That's the budget. You know, gratis for Dean Cain, then I'm, this is like, you know, a $500 (laughs) movie. Yeah. And this was probably part of Tara Reed's community service for something, (laughs) I'm betting. So the, uh, Uh, the, yeah, the potato chip budget for this fucking movie (laughs) is through the roof. And and before you say it, yes, a movie shot mostly in and around one house could also be Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf or Bug. But this is mm-hmm. not that kind of movie. You know what <laughs> yep. I'm talking about, mm-hmm. listeners. Come on. Uh, so, Dan, tell us a little bit about Andy the Talking Hedgehog. How did this movie come to your attention? Uh, well, you know, with Small Timber, I have found Timber. that the best thing to do uh, these days, now that I have sort of like blown through some of the stuff that I had – wanted to see that had been on my radar is to crowdsource it. So mm-hmm. I uh, asked a lot of Flophouse listeners on our Facebook group to uh, give us suggestions. We got a lot of great suggestions. I went through them all, culled it down. Uh-huh. But uh, this one, yep. I feel like, spoke to us. And no, we'll find out if I was right or wrong. I, I had my money on you just Googled a talking and then auto-filled. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that a talking feat? A talking <laughs> A talking uh, and, wife. And, I guess, <laughs> yep. yep, a talking and, uh, net worth. We get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Jamel, you were given a you were given a, a selection of movies to choose from. Why did this one speak to you, other than your deep and professional interest in hedgehog right. issues? <laughs> I mean, two reasons. First, I thought it would be funny if I just came back for another Hedgehog episode. Uh, That was like the the overriding one. And so it helped that this was 70 minutes. But like as soon as I turned it on, I was like, I had made a terrible mistake. Uh I got an email from Jamel saying like something like I was that you were 10 minutes into it. and You didn't know if you could make it through or something Mm. along those lines. And and I got to say that 70 minutes feels long when you're watching all them Tubi commercials. Am I right? Oh, that, that, oh. That, that, was that, that seventy minutes feels like both parts of Soderbergh's uh, Shay uh, uh, film. Okay, well, guys, I'm going to be driving this vehicle. Let's uh, see where we're at. So, as I mentioned, watch this shit on Tubi. Hell yeah, it delivers again. 
Uh, we got some hot opening credits with footage of hedgehogs. Yeah. As long as we're talking about the opening credits, I want to mention this is written by George P. Saunders. Not, <laughs> not George, George Saunders. Not the George, not the George Saunders of Pastoralia and yeah. uh, Lincoln and the Bardo. That's a different George Saunders. <laughs> but George P. Saunders. Oh, okay. I, who actually I, has like 43 yeah, about to, screenplay credits, weirdly. but Most of my notes I mean, were they, about the similarities between George Saunders' works, uh, so I'm going to have to edit. <laughs> oh, boy. Because, I mean, to be honest, the if George Saunders could write a version of this story where a fairy gives all animals and plants around one house the ability to talk and it would probably tell us something bittersweet about the human condition ultimately yeah. you know <clears throat> so after the opening but, credits with footage of hedgehogs we get a a shot with uh, two uh, I guess crooks that are stealing a hedgehog <laughs> with narration from the hedgehog in this like how I bet you're wondering how I got here <laughs> that's exactly what I have in my yeah. note <laughs> yeah yeah uh, and then, but, the, so and, but this also this starts a theme in the movie, which is the hedgehog introducing things, and then saying, "But we'll talk about that later." <laughs> exactly. What the fuck? And, and how how would you describe the voice of the hedgehog? Still, uh, I mean, I would say fifty uh, percent there. Uh, yeah. Okay, it does. It does on a sound, cell phone somewhere. <laughs> it is clearly the director of the movie who also does the other animal voice in it, and he is clearly trying to channel Lorenzo Music as Garfield, and it is not quite. It's not coming across. You know. Yeah, there's a yeah, there's a little bit of like kind of a droopier, dopier quality, and then like as the cat, it's like. Hi, I'm the cat. I'm mean, and and all I can think about is in that man of the hands of fate, <laughs> mystery science theater, where Joel's like, "That was just one guy doing all the voices back there, <laughs> just one guy, <laughs> just one guy." Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, we back we back up, and Andy the Hedgehog, we're in, informed that his name's Andy, explains <laughs> that he got the ability to speak due to a wish that all animals can speak all the time, just humans can't hear it. Uh, but he got it because of magic. Wait, wait, wait. Not too not too fast. Let's back up again. So yeah. we back up to meet the family. There's a lot of freeze frames, freeze frames this is, for every this character. This is the Sargosa manuscript of low-budget talking animal family films. The, the movie just keeps keeps edging you about when you're going to get to the story, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, yeah, it's like the most recent Mortal Kombat movie. Um, so we, uh, so we're introduced to the family. We have a little girl named Lily, who is the caretaker for Andy the Hedgehog. We have, I think you guys might have to help me. Tina is her older sister, who is a cheerleader, uh, yeah. and is very who, who sarcastic. Who never seems to, to get out of that cheerleader uniform. The movie no. takes place over several days and each time she's wearing <laughs> the same cheerleader uniform. Her and her friends spend all their time everywhere in their cheerleader uniforms. And I, very... I don't think high schools provide multiples, right? They expect they give you one, then they expect you to clean it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah, I mean, perhaps this is taking place in some far future where clothing has entered a self-cleaning state. It's Maybe possible. just for special uniforms. Yeah, Maybe I mean, it's just like in in Spider-Man twenty ninety nine. The reason he uses in the in the Marvel comics, the reason he uses that costume is because he bought a costume made of unstable molecules because he was going to go celebrate the Day of the Dead down in Mexico and he didn't want to rip his clothes or get them dirty. So uh -huh. he bought this one more expensive outfit, and that's why Spider-Man twenty ninety nine has a big skull on on the front of him. <laughs> oh, Maybe it's like that. Maybe this takes place in the year two thousand ninety nine, which is just like now in all respects. 
That's except cheerleader it, uniforms Elliot. can be worn multiple days. <laughs> well, also, like, there, it, it is a very strange movie in terms of time. Like, I had a hard time following, like, the fact what that, time frame this is supposed to no, be happening the, in. They're dealing with all this stuff with Andy the Hedgehog, and then her sister's friends come over, and then they're like, well, we got to go to school. And I was like, wait, was this all happening before 8 a.m.? <laughs> yeah, there's time for <laughs> one friend to come over and then call another friend, and they come over. And then, like, Dean Kane goes to work, and I guess maybe he forgot something, but but I don't think it's clear because he then like comes back like 20 minutes later from work. <laughs> I feel like when I went to school, when I was going to high school, it was either like kind of dark or like dawn when I was going to school. Yeah. I mean, it depends yeah. on the time of the year, obviously. But yeah, I think that that's like, it is ridiculous in how often in movies people like just hang out before their, their day starts. I mean, just the fact that when I was a kid, it was always a rush. And today as an adult, it's always a rush to get children out of the house and ready for school we never had leisure time to <laughs> hang out with our friends before school but uh anyway but that's look and again also andy the hedgehog takes place in a sort of liminal time zone well uh, much like in stalker or uh, the third policeman you know, yeah, something yeah. like that yeah. i mean speaking of confusions of time and space also as long as we're introducing characters the mom i believe Melissa. appears outside of the kitchen only twice in the film for very brief moments like <laughs> there's one point where she opens a door she's trapped and there's one point where she says goodnight to one of the kids, but otherwise she's always at the kitchen either fixing a meal or drinking coffee. Well, and spoiler, at the end she appears in a cheerleader outfit that she has no memory of putting on. <laughs> yeah. So so this really is, the movie gets, there are these moments of just sheer, like we were like, is this all taking place in Andy's head? Like what's what's going on and here? And while we're talking about characters and their strange positioning in, uh, in space, we have Whiskers, the hairless cat, who is uh, – a uh, is like a grouchy evil figure uh and whiskers is almost always perched on top of cabinets in every room mm -hmm. like no matter what or is in one room and just can project its its like image in other also twice astral twice form, referred yeah. to in the film as that fuzzy thing when again a hairless cat hairless right, yeah right. we'll now, have to get into whisker whiskers being uh Obsessed with death later. That's sort of his defining, <laughs> yeah. his yep. defining trait in this film. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, it's, I f always feel bad for hairless cats like that because you can't help it but assume- It goes back to ancient Egypt. <laughs> yeah. You can't, you can't help but assume that they're a demon from looking at them, but they're just a cat. Like they uh, have the brain of a regular cat, but they yeah. look like a demon. So I can't yep. help but assume they're monsters when probably all they want to do is normal cat things like kill me and uh -huh. eat me. <laughs> so we're also introduced to the uh, the pater familias, the father of the family. That's what I just said. Yep. Played by uh, <laughs> Bob, played by Teen Kane, who in real life is a piece of shit. Um, and he was... Uh, now, I, now I know he is, but I can't remember why he is. Do you remember why... I mean, why I think, do I not like him? I think he's just like another like uh, washed up doctor who became a right winger. I think it's really yeah, all uh, yes. okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, okay, that makes sense. Um, he still his hair still looks pretty supermany though. Oh yeah, well okay. I guess he he gets a he gets a W on that one. Um, so can I like him from the far head up? Yeah, I mean we can. <laughs> I mean you could take well, his picture to the barber. I guess we'll have to, to separate uh, art from artist in this case. The, I like <laughs> to separate the hair from the hairist. Uh -huh. <laughs> The so uh, who else hair? do we have? We have yeah. Uh, I like to take me. I sneak into their house at night and I separate their hair from them. Oh, uh, they they call me uh, they call me the hair fairy, uh, <laughs> which is and they haven't caught me yet. So watch out, Clarice. <laughs> I, I guess you need to go hang out with the cannibal to find out how to trap me. <laughs> oh, wow, you're so over it. <laughs> <laughs> Very sassy. Yeah. Uh, and then we're introduced to uh, one of uh, Tina's uh, cheerleader friends, Trixie. 
Yeah. Who is who's like kind of ditzy and dumb and make says made up words and is always taking and pictures. Everyone continually talks to her about how dumb she is and just you know expects her to take I mean she does take it, but <laughs> I'm like I just wanted to be like Trixie, these people aren't your friends. Yeah. They keep talking to you so it, cruelly. <laughs> is is Trixie the one who came on to Dean Kane? That's Tori. No, that's the, the head cheerleader. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. But that was that Weird. That was a weird moment. Yeah, I feel yeah. like that was in Dean Cain's contract. Was like at some point a teen girl has to be totally turned on by me. Mm. That's what it felt like because it's never remarked on again. It, it no. definitely felt like Dean Cain's like, listen, if we're gonna have teen girls in this movie, uh huh. Everyone has to identify that I'm I'm still a dilf. You know, <laughs> it's in my contract. Yep. So, um, cut. We cut to uh <laughs> oh yeah, we're we're introduced to Whiskers, the hairless cat that uh Andy describes as. Uh, Bob's cat from the old days. And that is never mar- remarked on. I do not know. Like, it's said in a way where I'm like, was he an assassin? What is going <laughs> yeah. on? Well, also, I mean, to, I go, mean like- to go back to the possibility that this movie takes place, like, in, in 2099, maybe they're, like, in some sort of biodome, right? So it's sort of like the old days are, like, pre-climate catastrophe. So Bob, Bob had whiskers sure. before everything went to hell. And they got mm-hmm. put into this uh, replica Florida I mean, suburb. I like <laughs> that certainly because... supported by later on when inexplicably it becomes extremely foggy outside. Mm. <laughs> like well, from like also, one shot to another. When Whiskers is telling his story about his lost love later on, spoiler, we see him sitting on a balcony in a city. And it is the only time the existence of urban locations <laughs> or anything other than the school and the house is ever hinted at. Yeah. So, yeah, I totally I think this is a totally valid reading of the movie that there was he and Bob used to live in a in a city and there was some kind of ecological catastrophe and now he lives in this in this hologram dome or yeah whiskers has this whole like flashback like he's about to, like he's going on his fucking shrike pilgrimage or something like what, what's going on here <laughs> a flashback by we the way we missed the scene where he keeps on you know dying getting like recreated <laughs> into a new hairless cat yeah, yeah. oh <laughs> okay so uh let's see uh so the Lily uh, is outside. She remarks like a child would that she wishes all the things that she sees could talk. Plants, animals, etc. Yeah. Immediately is whisked away into a fairy universe that looks like... It looks like a, like a, a filter, an Instagram, mm-hmm. like stories filter or a Snapchat filter that they... I'd like yeah, if you went to if you went to where Shrek lives and you took a picture with an Instagram filter. I feel like that's, that's kind of what yeah, you would get. Yeah, it's just got a bunch yeah. of animated butterflies around. Mm-hmm. And we're introduced to Lily's fairy BFF, played by Tara Reid, mm-hmm. who is dressed... I guess like a hippie, like she's she's got some flowers in her hair. Well, um, she's going to San Francisco. Yeah. Yes. And she uh, she explains that she's a rookie. She is there to grant wishes. So of course, Lily wishes that all these things could talk, and of course, Tara Reed grants that wish. Uh, and I want to say, like the wish that the kid makes seems pretty offhand. Just like you know the way you might just like walk outdoors and be like. Oh man, I wish the weather were better today. You know, like, and she's like, "Oh, I wish I could know what everyone was saying." And, and then Terry shows up, and she sticks with the wish. I feel like, I don't know, if if you're suddenly like, "Oh, 
we're doing we're doing wishes now like that are actually going to come true can i switch it up <laughs> am i yeah. nailed down yeah, she to this one she didn't even invest a birthday candle in this wish yeah. so like yeah terry maybe but terry's a rookie you know that's yeah. how it is this yeah, is and maybe maybe she has like a quota you know she's like a, a cop on a, on a, a <laughs> you know a street where, where people speed she has to get as many wishes as she can before the uh-huh. end of the month and uh you Bang know a little girl whispers and tara reads like hey listen i got this guy taken care of it's easy. Uh, Just let him talk. I, let all these things talk. I always, I always wondered, not to get too controversial, uh, but uh, I always wondered why cops have to meet those quotas since it seems impossible for a cop to lose their job under any circumstances. <laughs> so I never understood. They're like, we got our parking ticket quotas, and it's like, what? and what's going to happen if you if you write a less ticket, uh-huh. one less? I don't understand. So well, listeners, if you know the answer, write to Elliot Kalen. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> write to me, care of police, and because uh, I'll be in custody probably because they'll have caught me when I tried to steal the hair off of somebody in, in their sleep. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, uh, yeah, so, so Lily, and, walk, Lily walks away, and then it, uh, Tara Reed is immediately accosted by her boss, who is I don't know God. Who is this figure? He's like, like a, yeah, the the. I mean, he's like the head fairy, I guess. And right? he explains that, of course, she, her, the wish she granted. But he's was just far a guy. He's just an older man wearing regular clothes. Like yeah. he's not even in a costume. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that he said that, you know, her, the wish was far too powerful. She never should have granted it. He turns her into a toad briefly and then back into a, a into a human shape. Uh, it Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. But then they don't actually talk about a, a way forward, I guess. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that later. Lily's walking around with uh, Andy the Hedgehog, who is talking to her. She's very excited. She remarks... I still can't believe you can talk, which was like, that was like two seconds ago, dude. Still? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What are you going to say, whole entire <laughs> no, life? Um, I think, I think, the, so uh, did you mention there's a no talking animals rule? Yeah, that it's part the of the, it's like a code violation. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, he quotes a very specific, uh, but again, and does nothing. And then he goes to he goes this other this this other magical character and goes, I know they wanted to know if these walls could talk. Please don't make the walls talk. It really freaks people out. They don't want talking walls that can watch them do things. Don't do it. Yeah. So now we're gonna get a little bit of uh, we get a little bit of conflict because we're introduced to a pair of very terrifying crooks. Uh, we have an older, I think, well, Italian gentleman and his I, sidekick Bubba, or as it is pronounced throughout the movie, Booba. Now they're, yeah, the, they're I think he's they're, Eastern they're European, Mr. Roller. They're criminals of opportunity. They aren't. They aren't necessarily crooks. They are. They they're they are handymen. They're, ma- they're handymen. Yeah. They're they're general later handymen. Who see an opportunity to 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 steal the talking hedgehog for the I assume game, that but. they were just posing as gardeners the whole time. <laughs> no, because they know. Because everyone in the family knows them already. Oh, well, I'll tell you something yeah. too. Like they Although also have. Be- a very nice ladder that Audrey was so take like she was more like this is an indication of how boring the movie gets at times that she looked up the price of the ladder that these handymen have. It's a Dan, we're talking a four hundred fifty dollar ladder here. So uh, I don't want to I don't want to reinforce Audrey's ladderphilia, but I also noticed that it was a very nice ladder. Very, I was well, like, that's nicer than my they, ladder. They spent like ten minutes fucking around with it on the yeah. patio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, in terms of screen time, the ladder pays for itself for yeah. sure. Yeah. Because they use it, That's they're like this value. pricey ladder, guys. We gotta, we gotta uh, justify it. You know, amortize it over ten minutes of you goofing around trying to set it up. Mm-hmm. Maybe the uh, producer's th- like, I, I, I'll let you use my house if I get to keep that ladder. <laughs> I, I mean, it's probably just his ladder, but the, mm-hmm. he's got a nice house. But uh, Mr. Roller, uh, the leader of the two, uh-huh. if, I, I didn't realize this, but I wonder if maybe they just call him that because he painted their house one time. 
and they don't actually know his real name. In which case, he becomes a more sympathetic character to me. Oh, okay, yeah. It's not like he's using different names on different uh, apps to rem- uh, keep his anonymity. I mean, can you do that? <laughs> Probably, yeah. You can, if you like, uh, like if you set up a task rabbit with a different name. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. So. Uh, yeah, the the one I'm just the teaching Elliot how to catfish people, Dan. Yeah, no, but one of them's like <laughs> one of them's Italian, and the others like Dan backed me up. He said he's Italian. <laughs> a bumbling. I don't think he's Italian. I think I he is supposed to be. Italian. I, I just assumed he was like generic ethnic European. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and nice. the other one's like a portly bald man. So it's that classic uh, Chico and Curly, but not. He literally funny. does like curly bits at Timo. one point, yeah. right? He's a classic portmanteau. That's a portly bald man who has toes. <laughs> So, I mean, we have to assume he has toes. We never see him with his shoes off, but his his balance seems, other than the times when he's falling down and knocking over his his cohort, his balance is fine. So these guys don't just want to be gardeners. Uh, Mr. Roller has a plan. Uh, He ripped out a page of the local newspaper that had an advertisement uh, for a contest to win $10,000 by finding the weirdest thing (laughs) and putting it on the internet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then they do a sequence where... Bubba does some farts and burps to uh, music. Uh, <laughs> to harmonica music. <laughs> uh, and I figured keeps, that would be enough, but it's not, I guess. Yeah. He keeps, throughout the movie, he keeps talking about his riches, and he's going to be rich, and it's like, it's just $10,000. Like, that's a lot <laughs> wow, of, that's a good chunk Elliot. of money, but you can't retire on $10,000. <laughs> maybe it's just my L.A. lifestyle, where $10,000 is, you could buy a coffee for that, maybe, but, you know. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, and, uh, we, and you know, knowing Bubba, he's just gonna t- he's he's a goof. He's just gonna take it to New York, go to Serendipity Three, get that ten thousand dollars Sunday that comes with a diamond bracelet, and the money's gonna be gone. So Andy, uh, Andy tells us that he he won't he doesn't want to, uh, and I think I guess he tells Lily that he doesn't want to talk around other humans because and Whiskers backs him up that talking around other humans will only cause trouble. Uh, so he almost immediately breaks that rule and starts talking in front of, uh, the cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, uh, the cheerleaders, uh, tr- what is it? Trixie and Tina have very strange reactions when they first see this talking hedgehog. One is like shocked and one is kind of mad about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then meanwhile, as uh, we mentioned, there were some patio shenanigans and a ladder. <laughs> Mr. Roller climbs up there. I'm assuming to be a peeping Tom. Instead, he sees Andy talking. You know, uh, he sees a hedgehog talking to some girls. He falls off the ladder. Then Bubba rolls around on top of him. And then they <laughs> snuggle when Melissa comes out and asks them what they're doing. They're hatching a scheme to kidnap Andy put them on the internet, and get that 10,000 smackers. Mm-hmm. Now, we should mention also, uh, talk, describe what it's like when Andy talks. Does his mouth move? Uh, is there any indication that the sound is actually coming from this hedgehog? But they 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 hang up, they they bring that up out, they talk about that up, up front, right? They say that, you know, like a lot of people move their mouths a lot and say nothing, you know? Okay, so I guess <laughs> oh, yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. it okay. Yeah. No, yeah, it is very strange. He's a talking strange. hedgehog who also says, says boilerplate nonsense philosophy, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, it is, it is just talking over a footage of a hedgehog right. or a cat uh, <laughs> with, again, f- very similar voices. Yeah, and then there's <laughs> flowers and, like, a bird, and that's also the same voice but a woman. Uh, and there's those. a second hedgehog later that we only see in one scene. Right? Yeah, but it, it it is like it's basically you know like America's Funniest Home Videos, where someone's just narrating over some 
some video. So we get a little bit of like we get a little bit of hijinks. The 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 girls are you know becoming accustomed to Andy. Uh, the uh, Tina is rightly concerned about rubbing the belly of a talking animal. I think that would be weird. <laughs> yeah. um, they suggest maybe he's possessed by an alien. That's a weird joke, but whatever. Uh, they're fr- they have to call their friend Tori, who's the head cheerleader, who, as we mentioned, has a very strange, very sexually charged scene with Dean Kane. Yeah. I expected that to like be at least addressed later when like Dean Kane later spoiler uh, <laughs> for something we're going to describe in ten minutes. Uh, Dean Kane hears the hedgehog talk, has a mental breakdown where he only wants to like uh, watch cartoons and eat potato chips. Um, and I sort of thought that like there'd be some payoff where like this. Teen girl is like freaked out by the devolution of Dean Kane mm-hmm. even further. Or but, alternately uh, is like is like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I've seen American beauty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is my time to swoop in when they stop taking yeah. care of themselves, right before they start taking care of themselves. So oh, t- Tori gross. shows up and she's definitely like Because <laughs> he alpha- starts working out, Dan. Oh, okay, okay. Remember? <laughs> Uh, so Tori swoops in. She's the like alpha mean girl. She she barges into the room and she says, "What's this crap about talking pets?" Then as soon as Andy starts talking, she faints. Which mm. is I I thought that was a pretty good joke. <laughs> uh, Whiskers meanwhile makes a deal with the crooks to kidnap uh, Andy, which is weird because I would think that they like. Wouldn't Whiskers be even weirder? I mean, he's a hairless well, they, talking cat. So Whiskers says, <laughs> if you take me, I will just refuse to talk. But it's like, Andy oh. can do that too, man. Like, I don't I don't get this. Whiskers, <laughs> Whiskers will just, he doesn't give a fuck. He's a nihilist. Yeah. He, he doesn't, he <laughs> yeah. has no real aim here. He just wants to cause havoc. Yeah. yeah. He's, yeah, yeah he's, he's seen a lot of pain. As we later learn through his extensive flashback, uh, that looks kind of like karaoke footage in a cat universe. Well, yeah, if also, it was karaoke for cats or karaoke, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the, Dan, what would be your karaoke song if you were a cat singing karaoke? Uh, probably meow. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cats in the Cradle was the obvious one. <laughs> or cat. No, yeah, people. yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah I assumed that too. we were just yeah. doing karaoke to cat songs. Oh, okay. <laughs> No, but the, the, these these flashback mine, cats. Mine, by the way, would, would be cat thing you do, which oh, is all thanks. about things that cats do. Yeah, I don't know why I'm thanking you for that, but <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you for being a friend. Uh, no, I, I was just going to say these flashback cats are not only younger cats, but clearly like totally different markings. Some of them <laughs> kittens. Uh, and likewise, uh, oftentimes, if there's like a lot of footage of... Andy just doing stuff around out in nature. Yeah, a lot it of B-roll. several different hedgehogs that look nothing alike that they have used. Yeah, this is when, uh, around here in the movies, when they let, uh, they let Andy just wander around outside, and it's clearly just the director narrating what the hedgehog is doing, whether it's eating sausage, <laughs> scratching his face, hanging out with his other hedgehog friend, Mike, and drinking milk and saying milk over and over and over. Yeah, uh, he really says milk a lot. Now, do, here's my question about this footage. Is this footage they shot or is this footage they bought I think from they like some footage company of hedgehogs? bought and other they just, hedgehog footage because it's not the same hedgehog. 
And uh, and why else would they have a scene where he's eating sausage? I, yeah, or, like he's eating a piece of a hot dog or just drinking milk again. I, were they just trying to pad out? And they just were like, we don't yes. have any more Andy footage. We got to get some more They're hedgehog like, footage. Oh, our Japanese investors demanded a seventy-minute runtime. <laughs> yeah, we, we and we're at sixty-eight. We gotta we gotta do whatever we can. I, 100%. We, we sold a seventy-minute movie. <laughs> to the South American market. We gotta get yeah. it to 70 minutes. There's a bit where there's a bit where a dog shows up and Andy is rightly terrified. Yeah. And the dog just barks and acts like a dog and doesn't talk unlike every plant and animal in the movie. I would also well, like I think to that, point out that Andy uh pronounces milk the way I pronounced it before you guys made fun of me. What, milk? Yeah, he says a lot of milk. 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 Yeah. yeah. Well, he's from what, Michigan? Andy? Yeah. Uh, yeah, is that a Michigan thing? So the uh, cheerleaders uh, try and hatch a plan to exploit Andy to get famous and get Andy laid. Uh, the, <laughs> I don't remember. Th- oh, yeah, actually, they do talk about that. They Never do mind. Talk they're about like, that. They're like, he could even have a girlfriend. That's like a mate. Mm-hmm. And it's, it gets very – Andy is not interested in it, but they really seem to be interested in watching these hedgehogs. Get it. So yeah. I think this is this is still day one of this uh, this <laughs> odyssey. Uh, we have, and meanwhile, we have the the two. Uh, again, I just my notes just has them listed as crooks. Maybe I'm doing them a disservice. <laughs> they are in the house. Uh, they are stalking Andy. Uh, they come up with a plan to do a termite inspection because uh, they say the house has termites and they're carrying whiskers around. And I got a little bit of a, an attempt to do like a Team Rocket vibe here, but it just wasn't working for me. Um, and again, Here's, this, this is th- all happening all before school starts. Yeah. In my notes, I kept exp- I was so amazed at how long it took to get to them actually picking up Andy and trying to take him. So I kept writing, they kidnap Andy, and then having to cross it out because the scene would abruptly end and go to something else. And it was like... Just ha- like it, I thought, I assumed the movie was going to be, they they kidnap Andy, Lily's got to get Andy back, yeah, and goes after him, but they just they just wander around that house forever, passing mm-hmm. up ap- opportunity after opportunity to pick up that hedgehog and just <laughs> walk away with him. Yeah, I just it's it boggled my mind how how little they how little effort they were putting into this. They, well, they had ten thousand dollars. Come on, yeah, they had to tell the cheerleaders twice that like there's termites in the house to get them. Out of the room. Does termites necessitate a freakout? Like, or it's not uh, like it's like roaches. I mean, or if you're the homeowner, books. maybe. Oh, sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's the cheerleaders. Also, are they have wooden legs? That's the thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. 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 The uh, tough business to be in. So uh, yeah, those those high kicks sometimes you just you you kick and your leg just flies, flies right off because of all the force. So as, and you gotta as, replace it. as the kids go to school, uh, Dean Kane returns home in as Dan mentioned before a very foggy morning. Uh, I'm assuming he turned back because he realized there are things in the fog. Um, <laughs> yeah, well he they he was going off to his work beyond the borderlands because they live in the house on the borderlands, and yeah. I guess the pigmen forced uh, him to turn uh, back. Yeah, and go that's home. Yeah. that's the fog wall of Ravenloft. Um, yeah. So Dean Kane returns. He has forgotten something. He ends up talking to Whiskers. He realizes that Whiskers can talk, but he thinks that he is having a mental breakdown, that Whiskers is not actually talking, and that he's been working too hard. That was evidenced by him walking in while talking on his cell phone doing some business bitch stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, In the movies, shorthand for works too much. Wear a suit, have a cell phone, is called a sports agent. That's Mm -hmm. it. It means you work too much. You should be with your family. I... I hate having phone calls, guys. Yeah, I never. I I, I would want to get all my business done uh, over text. Um. So <laughs> the uh, okay. So the crooks have to hide under the bed while Dean Kane hangs out with Andy. 
there's some more bits. Dean Kane sometime uh, somehow uh, hears Tara Reed and her boss talking yeah. uh, as they're coming up with a plan on how to figure out uh, how to do away with this. They realize that they have to get the little girl to do like a counter wish. Uh, Dean Kane takes Andy to bed. <laughs> Uh, Tara, Tara Reed lures Lily into the magical school bathroom and tries to now, get her to wait. reverse the wish. And now, the when little you, girl's you like, s- I don't get it. <laughs> now, when you say he takes him to bed, it, he just they just take a nap. <laughs> yeah. It's not yeah. it's not like you can talk, you can give me consent. Let's do this, Andy. <laughs> I mean, I, th- there's a lot of implied sexuality between Andy and Dean Kane's Bob character. I mean, um, if if the mom can't escape the kitchen, then Dean Kane <laughs> might just be lonely in that bedroom. That's yeah. that's yeah. very true. Melissa's going through a lot. She's got her own. Uh, yeah, her like her phylactery is inside the uh, kitchen. She can't go too far from it. Um, okay. <laughs> now, and and she also is not. It's we don't know where she is during this time when Dean Kane comes back and is and thinks he's going crazy. She is just maybe she's sleeping in the refrigerator or something like that in her in her <laughs> kitchen apartment. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. One might argue. One might make the claim that she's driving the kids to school. I think that's a spurious claim because as we've addressed, she can't travel too far from the kitchen. Yeah. You know, Roger Ebert would tell us you can't assume things that are outside the picture plane. Yep. You got to go with what the movie shows you. you Is know? That, and he was talking about Andy the Talking Hedgehog when he said that, right? Yes. It was a class where he was teaching being there and Andy the Talking Hedgehog. <laughs> and he was making it clear you have to go with what the movie tells you. Yeah. Okay, guys. Time for us to get to a real, uh, the real exciting part of the movie. And that's at the school, we're introduced to uh, Mr. Coogan and Mrs. Habinet. Uh, Mr. Coogan is, I think, a, they're both teachers. And Mr. Coogan is down bad for her. Yeah. He is, he cannot control himself. And the kids can't stop talking about how much of a fucking hard on Mr. Coogan has for his coworker. Uh, but he just can't pull the trigger on that thing. He, he just, just can't, he can't, can't pull make the it trigger happen. for that. I, yeah. I mean, like, I, uh, look, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's my own uh, lack of uh, empathy as a child. I don't think that. Teens in general uh, pay enough attention to the lives of their teachers to have any opinion on whether these two should get together uh, or not. But. I mean, two pieces of evidence. One, the movie Clueless. So there you go, <laughs> okay. uh, from which this is stolen. Yeah. Uh, two, when I was in high school, I certainly knew which teachers were having affairs because okay. we would all be talking about it. But uh, this is the opposite of that. These teachers are clearly not yeah. having an affair. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, back home, Dean Kane is eating uh, potato chips with the smallest possible bites. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, even for a part, Dean Kane knows a minute on the lips, a lifetime on Dean Kane. <laughs> or you got it, or, or like the movie's budget is so small that they can only give him four potato chips for all oh, yeah. the takes, and they're like, "Make them last, Dean. Make them last." Uh-huh. These, are, these, are, these are Costco, man, and we can't. We, we only got one bag. <laughs> Later on, he bumps into the crooks who are trying to steal his hedgehog and he's carrying a plate covered in potato chips yeah which is which, the worst which, way to carry potato chips. yeah let me say i have never seen a human being put potato chips on a plate by themselves right you have a sandwich or something sure, you got some sure. chips on the side but just yeah, like yeah. like what maniac just like piles chips on a plate just eat them up the goddamn bag or get a I mean, bowl <laughs> Get a it's bowl like your two of- regular dudes hanging out in a TV show <laughs> eating snacks. Yeah, he's he's a no. He's a further sign of his mental deterioration is he doesn't even remember how to eat potato chips properly. 
I'm sorry, I mean, they, they should have gone another step, had him just pour them in a glass and have him try to drink the potato chips out and, and not be able to do it, you know? Starts trying to eat them rectally. He doesn't remember how potato <laughs> chips work. Sticking them in his ears, in his nose, throwing them out the window. Is that my mouth? I don't understand anymore. Am I the house? Anyway, this is for, for the sequel, Andy the Talking Hedgehog Returns, yep. where Dean Cain has forgotten the events of the first movie and thinks he's crazy again, yeah. So Dean Cain is also watching cartoons on his phone. Uh, he describes the cartoons as... That's the other thing. Is it, another cost-cutting measure is like, look, if he watches them on the TV, we might have to see the screen. Have yeah. him watch them on his phone. Watch him on his phone just to piss off Christopher Nolan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, well, he's watching the animated version of Dunkirk on yeah, that yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, which he describes as duck pig, two guys who go boom to each other. That's Dunkirk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He says he's he had to, he's caught up with the, what's what happened with the duck and the pig or whatever. I'm like, I don't think, I mean, assuming that you're talking about Porky and Dappy, there haven't been a lot of new developments recently. I mean, we saw one of the most recent ones <laughs> a couple of episodes back, but otherwise they've just sort of been hibernating. <laughs> Uh, his wife Melissa. Is that what you think they're doing, Dan, when they're not in cartoons? Is yeah. they're hibernating somewhere? Yeah. There's like yeah. a cave on the Warner Brothers lot that Forky Pig and, Don, and Daffy Duck are just sleeping in right now. Yeah. They're in stasis in the center of the earth. Everyone knows this. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Melissa, uh, his wife, is worried that Dean Kane's behavior, uh, which now includes acting like a dog for some reason, uh, is due to him skipping breakfast. Uh, her want, <laughs> as we have seen her interaction with other characters, is very breakfast-focused, yeah, which she likes I to am him. all about. Uh, now, the bad guys are still hiding in the house. Uh, I think they've been in the garage this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, now it's bedtime. Uh, <laughs> is that when she walks in on them, like, collapsed on top of each other? Yeah, and they're, they're always like, on top of each and other. And they're like, the garage door works. And it's and it, I, at that point, I would be like, I don't care if you're in a relationship. That's great. But please, not and, in my garage without telling me. And every, also, every, what are you doing here exactly? What work <laughs> are you accomplishing? Like, what, what were they there for in the first place? Because right, right. all we've seen them do is wander around and set up a ladder. Like, what work is going undone on the roof <laughs> that they were supposed to be they, doing? Yeah, are, they, are they fixing the roof, cleaning the gutters? But who are what, these guys to begin with? When you bring a contractor in, you expect them to do just one thing, but then they find a bunch of other things that need oh, to be fixed. Yeah. True, true. Now, Hedgehogs that need to be kidnapped, yeah. Now, Stuart, when you say it's bedtime, I just want to note that, that, that Andy mm -hmm. in voiceover says, now our story goes to later that night. <laughs> Which, thank God he told me because the establishing shot of a dark house didn't. I would have been so confused. I would have been like, did yeah, the sun get extinguished? <laughs> <laughs> the it's like it's like in Wally -E and the computer that controls the the the, uh, the sky of the climate bubble they're in just yeah. abruptly switched to night so that they all yeah. have to go Betty by now. So the cheerleaders, I guess, are having a sleepover in the same house. They briefly talk about a car accident story that I would like to hear more about. Mm. Uh, and then they spend time... Which, se which seems to be based on on a true story, because during the credits, they talk about the actress having hit another another character's car with her car. So I wonder if that if that is them talking about a real thing. Yeah, you watched really all the credits, you fucking maniac? No, well, the, the, the parts... The parts the where Andy was narrating. Honestly, sure. the best part. I don't. If you miss them, like it is <laughs> Andy and the cat I, Whiskers, like talking back and forth it's about all of now. the actors and people in the movie, and like about them as actual 
There's one actress, and Andy just goes, she talked about Jesus a lot. <laughs> I think what? that was the, the sister character. <laughs> you missed the best part, Stuart. The, the best part where the director was like, I'm, as these characters, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to badmouth my cast yeah. during the credits. Yeah, and apparently the one who played the, the, the dumb cheerleader... Uh, rear-ended a parked car, <laughs> and the director like made fun of her <laughs> in the well, credits so, for it. There's so many movies. It's like it's just like in um, in uh, Midnight Cowboy when he said, "I'm walking here." There's so many movies where the best part, the most iconic part, was was just an accident caught on film. Yeah, and I guess in this one, he saw that she rear-ended this parked car, and he was like, "That's in the movie now." There's yeah. no way that's not in the movie. And he had to buy her story, I assume, you know, which mm-hmm. contributed to the budget, which is yeah, why yeah. Jim Kane can only take the tiniest little nibs on those potato chips, you so, know. So after sprinkling some crumbs about this car accident, we uh, the the teens talk about their teacher romance subplot that they're very invested in. And then Whiskers is like, romance? I'll tell you about romance. And then we get a flashback where we get to see Whiskers traveling throughout time. He devolves <laughs> into this, like, into, like, Andy Circus at one point, and that was crazy. Uh, and then... Uh, Andy interrupts and uh, then uh, Andy on his Circus way to the or Andy the Hedgehog. <laughs> Andy the Hedgehog. Although, now, how, I, <laughs> yeah, how crazy would it have been if it turned out that Andy Circus was doing the mocap for Andy the Hedgehog? This it would have made a lot of sense, especially that sausage eating scene. The Andy interrupts. <laughs> Is that something? Wait, is that a wait, trademark that Andy sense? Circus thing? Yeah. Eating Andy sausages. Really yeah, haven't you watched every sausage? single Andy Circus movie? If you look carefully, he's eating a little Vienna sausage. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I've got to watch. I did not notice that. Yeah, the Even next like, time, you, as, next time you go to Walmart or a Fred Meyer and you pick up the Andy Circus collection box set from the <laughs> uh-huh. DVD bargain. Now, what's bin. in that? <laughs> uh, well, King Kong, definitely. Yeah. Uh, King Kong, yeah, for sure. Uh, Twenty-four hour party movies. people. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. You got to imagine that it. Uh, and also, if you're looking for it, make sure to look for the DVD box set that comes in a circus tent because it's called Andy. It's, they spell it Andy Circus, C-I-R-C-U-S, and it's, it says Andy Circus. Andy's, Andy's Cir- Flying Andy Circus. circus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, and it's, comes in a tent, and it's great, and uh, all the discs are in there. It's a pretty – actually not very great packaging for a DVDs to be just loose in a tent because they uh-huh. tend to move around yeah. and scratch during yeah. transport. But, you know. So – uh, a different Andy, that's mm-hmm. Andy the Hedgehog, not Andy Circus, uh, is on his oh, way to the bathroom. Oh, there's also, I should mention, in the Andy Circus set, they, they do, it says Black Panther, but it's just his scenes from Black Panther. It's a oh. weird choice. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's called, they call And the Age of time. Ultron, he's in Age of Ultron too. Yeah, barely. But yeah, they, they include it as its own disc, which again, they're it's just trying to, they're um, just trying to inflate the discount at that point. Yeah. So, uh, Andy the Hedgehog interrupts and he heads uh to the bathroom which of course is a one-way ticket to fairyland where he uh has it is funny how at a certain at a certain point they just make it clear that every bathroom door is now an entry to fairyland even if you need to use the bathroom Mm -hmm. but uh so he goes in there uh terry uh terry tara reed convinces him to help her uh (laughs) convince lily to end this uh nonsense and i'm like yes please the movie should be done uh okay next day Dean Kane wakes up. He's like, what a crazy dream I had. Uh-oh, not a dream. He, The animals are still talking. The plants are still talking. So he devolves again into a chip-eating cartoon fiend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Melissa is just sipping her coffee, just trying to hold it all together, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that the, yeah, the background story of this is, while Dean Kane is, uh, you know, sort of dissolving in the most 
big way possible. She is just barely holding it together. <laughs> I mean, she, it's really a portrait of somebody locked in a marriage with a, a man <laughs> who is losing his mind and is no longer reliable. And she's just, yeah, she's just trying to keep things going. Uh, in a marriage, often uh, one person kind of gets licensed to lose it a little bit, and mm. the other one has to step up, and then you switch roles. So you have to assume in the sequel, uh, Fredo the Talking Camel, that she's going to be the one who goes nuts, and Dean Cain is going to be the one who's like, "Hey, we got we got kids to take to school. Let's do this." You know. I just want to say that for listeners, uh, it was a delight to see Jim Jamel's face when <laughs> react to Elliot say Fredo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Lily goes to the bathroom. She really has to go. Uh oh, back to Fairyland. So she has another. There's another attempt to have Lily change her wish. Uh, no dice yet. Um, the, I don't. I really don't understand why she's so resistant to changing her wish, considering that it is uh, obvious that her dad is having a breakdown as the basis of it. I mean, I don't. I don't uh, have any small children, so I don't know if they're stubborn or difficult to deal with, guys. Hmm. Nope. Always. Uh, I don't know about your your experience, uh, Jamel, but my children are always like, "Yeah, whatever you say, Dad. That's what I want to do. Let's do it." Oh, Wash yeah, my no, hands kids, before dinner. Yes, definitely. Kids love to be obedient. They love to <laughs> do what their parents say. Um, <laughs> that's just how it goes. Yeah, oh, oh, okay. it's bedtime. I'm way ahead of you. I'm already in the bed. Gotcha. <laughs> Here I am. Brush my teeth five times today. Um, okay, Br- let's see. brush my teeth. I love it. Mm-hmm. Hey, can I do my homework now? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that kind of they they love to do it. At this point, my, my both of my sons are anytime anything is mentioned, they go, No, even if it's something they like and want to do. We're like, let's go get the ice cream. And they're like, eh, let's stay home. But if we were like, let's stay home, they'd say, Let's go get ice cream. They're just a couple of real contra just uh-huh, a couple of bizarros, I guess. Just a couple, couple, of, couple of little Christopher Hitchens you have. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hope not. Oh no, that would be terrible. <laughs> Uh, so they, uh, Lily takes Andy to school. Andy charms everybody at school, even the bullies a little bit. Um, but this is weird because later on there's a, 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 the plot is to bring Andy, the talking hedgehog to the science show as some kind of science thing. And if she's already brought the hedgehog, like what's people will be over it by then (laughs) as well, because everyone was like, what a talking hedgehog. I mean, I guess that to be fair, they didn't actually see the high school versus the high school where the yeah. cheerleaders were. Maybe? It's an all-in-one school. It's a okay. very small community, as we've seen. All, there's like twenty. Well, then kids. I don't know there's what's going on. Two teachers. Uh, here's my issue: was that yeah, the science fair usually you've got to like prove something. Like you're like I built a thing, or like <laughs> yeah. I'm going to show that this does. I have an experiment. This is literally just like we found a hedgehog that talks, <laughs> and I'd be like D minus. Uh, you don't. You didn't have anything to do yeah. with this. You, you know. <laughs> Yeah, this doesn't, uh, what's your, uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> what's your hypothesis? your hypothesis? My hypothesis is that sometimes hedgehogs can talk, bitch. Well, now wow. you're definitely getting an F. That's <laughs> unacceptable. Stop dabbing. You're getting an F. Uh, <laughs> also, also, Freddie goes to this high school. Very, very interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, here's my, uh, my experiment is I wanted to see if, uh, you put sugar in water if it made plants grow better, and I guess it kind of does. He's trying to learn well, more I, about teens. I, guess. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I hung I, around I, so I, often killing teens that it reminded me. I never got my high school yeah, diploma. I never chased so. my I had dreams. to go back to school, and now the teens I'm used to killing are killing me socially. Uh, they just won't yeah. let me be part of the group. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, it's so hard yeah. being I me. Mean, Again, ma- it was already hard being me because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a criminal deviant who is horribly <laughs> scarred in a fire, and, uh, <laughs> and I'm some kind of dream demon. Uh, but now, dream ghost. 
just I mean, he should just change up his wardrobe. I mean, it's pretty simple. Um, That's why it's called it's called a Nightmare on Elm Street Ultimate Nightmare. Because now it's time for Freddy's Ultimate Nightmare. Yeah, High school. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, he's allergic to homework. Um, so after school, we have a we have this very charming scene and, and it, where wait, yes, wait, I just want to do Freddy doing the, play, the, uh-huh, the yeah, sure. The end of the trailer. So you see the title, and then you, the end of the trailer is him doing the pledge of allegiance. He goes, "I pledge allegiance, bitch, to the flag, bitch." <laughs> <laughs> you know, that yeah. stuff. Uh, so, uh, we have this, uh, Dan, you're going to make this movie. This is your ticket to features. Come on. (laughs) We have a scene in the, the kitchen, of course, where the mother is preparing dinner and Andy asks, uh, Melissa, like, what are you cooking? And she says, sushi. And that was the last (laughs) thing I was expecting her to say. (laughs) Oh man. It was great. Uh, okay. So, uh, the next day they, the, the teenagers bring, uh, Andy to the science show, which seems to be this kind of free form thing happening in the cafeteria. <laughs> you get your volcano, etc. Before they go up, of course, Lily is like, okay, fuck it. I wish she can't talk anymore. Um, <laughs> did, we, did we miss the part where Lily brings Andy to the school and some girls are bullying her and Andy calls one of the girls fat? I oh, yeah. didn't. He, I, I I missed that part. Oh man, that part it. shocked that's, me. That, that's crazy. The, 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 the girls are bullying Lily, and Andy's like, "You shouldn't say mean things about her because you're fat." And I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> like fuck off, dude. The, but then uh, she be, and then but then later she George wants to pet P. Andy Saunders. really badly. <laughs> she, she goes right later. She pet. She goes, "Can I pet Andy?" And she does. And it was like, "Oh, Andy the Hedgehog knows the game." You know, oh, he, he obviously studied head. under mystery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's ne- yeah, he's he's nagging here. He's been watching yeah. F Boy Island. <laughs> uh, I've been watching. If we want to talk about F Boy Island, so, and so <laughs> okay. Now I have so many. I don't want to go all the way to watching it, but I have so many questions. <laughs> sure. So yeah, they have yeah. to choose which ones are the F Boys and which ones are the what? The I mean, they're all looking. Boys? They're looking for love, you know. And uh, the, the there's 24 contestants, and a mm. few get added. Uh, spoiler. Um, and half of them are nice guys and half of them are f boys uh and the the f boys are just in it for the money so if they get picked at the end they're like haha i just got the money sucker um and uh they have to eliminate people each week and when they get eliminated we find out if they're nice guys or f boys oh man <laughs> so it's what like tattooed under their arm whether they're an f boy <laughs> or a nice guy <laughs> yeah they they have a qr code tattooed on their leg and they have to scan it yeah, with their phone yeah i see <laughs> now i'm just mad i refuse to watch it because it's clearly a rip off of my pitch pep boy island where <laughs> they have the ladies have to decide who's a, who's worth keeping and who's a pep boy and it's <laughs> relatively obvious cuz the pep boys have huge heads and they Giant only want to talk heads, about yeah. auto parts yeah <laughs> I was just but, saying, and, and the pep boys just mechanics <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. like they but sometimes which, that can be which, romantic. Which one of you is the pep boy? <laughs> I think it's me, ma'am. <laughs> Are I you just one like of the his pep alpha boys? energy? No, I'm the surviving car talk brother. <laughs> Close. Oh, <laughs> oh man. No, and I, but I, now I imagine a sad scene where one of them goes to the doctor, and the doctor's like, uh, "I'd like you to sit down. Uh, I called you down because the test results came back." You're a pep boy. Oh, no. And he's like, I am. And he's got a huge head. He's in black and white. He's dressed like it's the, the 50s or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He thought he was he's just holding a, pr- a carburetor in his hand. Yeah. He, he thought he was known. just a Pringles guy. This but- reminds me. <laughs> I, I think I sent it to you. I drew a picture of the three of us as the pep boys because we map onto the, 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 the visual <laughs> the design. Deep of the personality well. traits of the pep boys. <laughs> the pep boys. Yeah. Because yeah, well, there's the pep boy who's like kind of a nerdy chatterbox. There's yep. the pep boy who's always like this again. And there's the sexy pep boy. Yeah, Some call the, him the F pep boy <laughs> that all the ladies go crazy for. Yeah. yeah with the, with the, 
Yeah, the Pep Boy, the giant crank. Okay, so the problem uh, is we would say the Pep House, but that's already a podcast where we talk about pepperoni. <laughs> so I don't know what we're gonna do. <laughs> where we cheer people up and get them energized with pepperonis. It's a double play on the word pep. Yeah. So, in the she made the wish in the middle of the show. So the girls bring Andy up, and they're like, "We, we got this one in the bag, Andy." Show your stuff. Of course, Andy at this point can't talk, so they look like assholes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess it's over. To, you be, know, honest, movie, to be honest, movie's I think done, was, right? I think, ju- well, and, and well, frankly, I just says, wait, no, because we, we heard there was going to be a kidnapping at some point. I would say, yeah, they should stay on their lane. It's not fair to be both the cheerleaders and win the science fair. That feels like you're you're reaching for too much. Leave oh, some for the other Ellie, people. you're boxing you know? people in, you know? Like, why can't No, no, I'm boxing people in Las Vegas this weekend. Oh, wow. It's me. And uh, she was Logan a Paul, the, uh, and me, me and Manny Pacquiao are going to go 10 rings, get 10 rounds guaranteed in 10 different rings, 10 rounds in each ring. So that's right. Mm-hmm. It's both boxing and also using map Legend of to the try ten to find rings. the next ring. It's, yeah, it's called it's a tie in with Shang-Chi Legend of the 10 rings. It's called it's called Kalen Pacquiao Legend of the 10 boxing rings. And all so. those rings, obvious. We're doing a hedgehog movie. Um, mm-hmm. So the uh, of course, now the next day, the crooks try, try to steal. Uh, and at this point, they're technically crooks because they're stealing something. Okay. They, yes, they've uh, achieved crookitude. You're they, right, Stu. They okay. kidnap Andy, then they roll around in some leaves for a while, <laughs> um, and then and Whiskers is egging them on, and they're, uh, they run into the front yard. And Whis- a little bit negging them on because he's very insulting yeah. to them. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, a neg isn't strictly an insult, Ellie, but we'll, we'll get into that when we it's finish It's something training. negative. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah so I guess Whiskers, when I take your, I take your about, learning annex course, yeah. Whiskers is about to run into traffic, and, of course, Andy warns him of an oncoming car. Whiskers is not run over, and Whiskers realizes the uh, – that you know his his life could have been snuffed out in an instant. Um, that despite all of his fixation on death, you know what? It maybe it's time that he give Andy a shot. That yeah. like it's time for Whiskers to finally live. And I'm not going to mm-hmm. say that like look, it, it, it's a wonderful thing, obviously, to save Whiskers from being run over. Uh-huh. But it's also kind of a low bar for friendship. Like oh, you didn't let me run out into traffic. Like, I guess we're best pals now. And now to present the con side of the debate that it would have been good to let Whiskers get hit by the car is Jamel. Jamel, make your case. Why should Andy have let Whiskers get hit by that car? I mean, that cat kind of sucks, let's be real. He he plotted plotted to get Andy kidnapped. Yeah. Yeah, He also uh, seems, as you said, obsessed with death himself. Yes, I mean, we we sort of – part of the flashback, right, is that his his partner is made – I don't know – gets hit by a truck and he calls this what getting flattened and mm-hmm. this becomes like a refrain from him uh yep. that the, every everyone eventually gets flattened the flattening is inevitable <laughs> uh and there's not really any point to this he just sort of like says it mm-hmm. uh as a as a declarative statement um and it uh, it shows a real fixation with mortality from whiskers the cat what yep. I liked about it also is it shows a not going back and rewriting the screenplay for a second draft because it's only after he tells the story that he becomes death obsessed. Mm-hmm. And it's like they were like, yeah, yeah, okay, he's all about – he's a nihilist. He's all about death. Until then, he's just a jerk. And they could have easily gone back and just put it in earlier, but they didn't. They, they, they didn't bother. I'm guessing they had the, they booked Dean Cain. There was a mix-up. 
They thought they had a week to write the script. He showed up the next day on their doorstep, so they had an hour to write the script. Yep. And they just had to jam it out on Microsoft Word and hand it to him and then immediately start shooting. Guys, yeah, he, must, he, well, he showed happen? up and he, he started tearing into the chips right away and they're like, fuck, we only have so many chips here. <laughs> we put all our money into the uh, we put all of our money into the ladder budget. The chips aren't part of the script. They're not in the movie. What are you doing? <laughs> they are now. Um, um, um. Uh, so that's like there was a. Uh, I worked on a. T- sorry, I worked on a TV show called The Who Was Show uh, oh, with sure. Andy Daly. Yeah, and there were always scenes that were in the Who Was craft services room, and there was a big pile of huge chocolate chip cookies, and every day. It would kill me that I could not have – it was like I just wanted to reach out and take one so badly, but I couldn't because they were prop cookies, and I never knew where they went to at the end of the day, but it wasn't to me. Sad, really. I guess what I'm saying is that's what my memoir is about. Mm-hmm. Are those prop cookies made out of, like, wax or something? Or? <laughs> no, they were real cookies. They oh, weren't like, okay. They were just real cookies that I assume got replaced. Maybe they're the same cookies every day, in which case I'm less interested in eating them because they would be stale. But that's but a thing. show. I should have just taken one. You that's know? the thing about a crush, though, you know, like – the the cookies you eat every day, you know, even though they're there for you and they might be delicious, they don't they don't like hold that place in your brain as the cookie that you never got that you saw once and never got to have. That's the well, it's like the it's the fantasy about it, and there, there's never reality to fixate to stop to uh to fix that fantasy as something other than perfect. It's just like the story in in uh, Citizen Cookie, the famous Orson Welles movie, where <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. where Bernstein, his friend, says. I remember I was I was getting on the ferry to New okay. Jersey yep. and I saw a cookie on a on a, on a wearing table wearing a white dress. <laughs> wearing a white dress. I only saw the cookie for a moment. The cookie didn't see me at all. But you know, I bet a month hasn't gone by that I haven't thought about that cookie. It's a beautiful moment. Yeah. True. True. So, the uh the crooks are running across the lawn with the hedgehog. Dean Kane sees them. He remembers that he was at one point a football player. He <laughs> throws his bag of chips in the air triumphantly. He goes and tackles uh, Mr. Roller. Uh, the hedgehog hits the ground safely. Don't worry. He doesn't get smushed or hurt or anything. Uh, Lily picks up Andy the hedgehog. Whiskers is happy. The cheerleaders are cheering in the background. There is crowd going wild noises. Melissa is able to leave the house, but only when she's wearing a cheerleader uniform. Uh, Dean Kane so like looks at the ghost. camera for a while. Yeah. Do you think that's part of her mystical sentencing that she can only leave the house in a cheerleader or is that part of their that's part of their relationship like it's a it's kind of a like i choose what you wear and you're gonna wear a cheerleader outfit well yeah i mean like the movie does make yeah like a brief joke that perhaps this is all just a like a projection of dean kane's uh-huh. like i mean it is it is possible that, that there's an ending that we missed where dean kane is dreaming this on his deathbed as an old man <laughs> and <laughs> it's just like his his memories have become so fractured that he does, he can't keep it straight anymore i don't know yeah i mean they do call him a super dad at one point and then stare at the camera making sure that we got the reference to lois and clark mm. yeah uh, you know what it makes me feel old that there was a time when those were the new adventures of superman <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now they're that very was, old. I think that was the movie. I think there's I like some when there bullshit some new at the adventures end. And then, old Christine too. Um, yeah, well, he, that made me feel really old. I was like, even old Christine's having new adventures, <laughs> yeah. and now those are the old adventures of not as old as older Christine. Were were those yeah. new adventures still being a car and running over people? <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of them oh, were. I think Christine, Christine being a haunted car can only do so much. Like there was the one episode, 
There was the one episode where uh, where she tried uh-huh. to become a TikTok star. But other than that, and like again, it was just TikTok videos of her running over people too. But uh, yeah, <laughs> very popular. Though. There goes Christine again, running over innocent bystanders. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Laugh track. Uh, next cue credits. Next episode. Well, Christine, <laughs> yeah. you're not gonna run over anybody anymore. <laughs> Crunch. Here we go again. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Okay. So a that very was the movie, special guys. episode with Christine. Yeah, yeah. Christine, you're drunk this time. (laughs) Christine, you're addicted to pills. (laughs) There was the nude adventures of old Christine, but again, it's a car. It doesn't wear clothes anyway. It's it's already naked. Well, it doesn't have any undercoating on, so (laughs) that's just Christine rusting is what happens in the nude adventures. No, that's terrible. So yeah, that's the movie. Other than the the bloops that El, that, that that Stuart missed, yeah, which apparently I gotta go back and watch. Huh? You gotta watch. <laughs> Run, don't you walk home. And yeah, I guess like, the, mo- the movie ended, and I was like, okay, thank God. And then the uh, the credits started, and I was like, right, I guess I do have to watch these because they are just that weird voiceover uh-huh. and uh, the director talking shit about everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was like as if he knew everyone will have walked out of the one theater where uh-huh. they show this <laughs> one time by this for, point. For what? For qualifying for an Oscar? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, yeah, that one see, time it, was at the Cannes Film Festival. It played at Sperry's Movie House, according to Wikipedia, in oh. Port Huron, Michigan in 2018. Okay, so uh, was this... Was this before or after uh, the director did a couple episodes of what was that show? Uh, yeah, I said Spunky Realtors or something? <laughs> there was, I was looking up what this director had done otherwise, and he did two episodes of uh, a show called Spunky Airlines. Mm-hmm. Now, theoretically, there are 13 episodes, but there are only two listed on IMDb. Um, and I don't know, like, I think this is probably. Not an actual TV show, but something that was, uh, I don't know, streaming somewhere small. <laughs> uh, but it has a very uh, wacky, there's like a cartoon uh, uh, plane that has uh-huh. Spunky on it in big cartoon letters. Yep. And then like a very put upon looking man with, uh, I guess there are a bunch of flight attendants around him. Um, and now what, 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 Dan, pitch to me what you think that, what do you think that is? What is Spunky Airlines? I don't understand <laughs> Well, I hope it has nothing to do with jizz. I think it's I think what? Spunky Airlines <laughs> is about. I, I you know I I I had assumed that it, it wasn't uh, cum related, but who knows? <laughs> yeah, there's only one way to find out, I guess. I mean, yeah. like, but Dan, okay, if it is, because pitch me the two versions of the enough. movie then. Pitch me the one that's that's jizz related, and pitch, pitch me the one that's not jizz related. Say, to, to make reference to another Max Fun show, join Jesse Go. Uh, spunk is a cum word, as they would. Oh, would yeah, okay. But um, yeah, yeah, they would. Uh, no, they'll, say, I, they'll I, say anything on that show. I think. I mean, the 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 jizz related one would be. This is you know, they have to. This is an airline that specializes in uh sperm donor, like uh you know transport transport for the uh transported uh, yeah. for the uh. 
for the items it. in question. We got uh-huh. it, Dan. Yeah, yep. you're a regular Robert Benson, <laughs> No, I was, Parker. I, yeah, I did not, I, I didn't want to say that. I said it accidentally and I had to call myself out for it. And you had to repeat it. <laughs> You um, you you had uh, you were describing the poster for uh, what Spunky Airlines, uh, but I also want to say if you're interested at all, check out the poster for this movie. It is fantastically photoshopped. No, it's great. There's there like a, horse a horse on, on it, it, and there's no horse in this movie at all. Yeah. Yes. It, it be, it's it's uh, it's Andy's riding the horse, or appears to have ridden mm, the horse, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But there's no horse in this movie. There's, there's no, no horse, horse in this movie. movie. So. Theoretically, I can get my money back. Okay, I don't. Uh, the one on I, I, I mean, you watched it on, on Tubi, is so it's not a horse. <laughs> it is uh, Andy is on top of a a stump, bearing. And his they seem teeth. to photoshopped a smile on him because he looks like hey, yeah. And we that's not DK and Tara Reader in the sky, like they're like they've died and gone on to Valhalla. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> crossed the rainbow at, bridge. Uh, let's see, Andy, the talking. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. There, oh, yeah. There it is. Yeah, he's riding a horse. Uh-huh. That's and it says a magical a good line. time. I do like that my two B algorithm is based entirely around just this <laughs> and Deadly Lessons, the <laughs> tale of Simon Conjurer or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that, now here's so you'll notice that. Uh, okay. That horse website, is going so fast that Andy's like has to hold on to the mane. He's gonna now in the UK. I'm seeing this movie is is Andy the Magical Hedgehog. And the image, uh, the, uh, Andy is surrounded by some kind of swirling magic. Mm-hmm. And it has a quote that said, I can't read who the quote is by, but it says, the best hedgehog movie. Now, Jamel, if anyone is qualified to make that kind of judgment, uh, do you agree? Is this the best hedgehog movie? I mean, I'd say I'd have to think, uh, you know, uh, 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 Lawrence of the Hedgehog is probably a better hedgehog movie. Sure, uh, the, yeah, yeah. The, the four-hour epic about the hedgehog that helped the uh, – Help defeat the Ottomans in the Middle East, but mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it's it's all about the wipes and the transfers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why is it called a magic hedgehog in the UK? Do, do, do the British not understand what talking animals are? <laughs> I'm is not that sure. the is the only context for like a talking animal has to be magical, and so that they just throw the magic in? Otherwise, here's my guess: hedgehogs can probably already talk in England. So yeah. a, a yeah. movie called Andy the Talking Hedgehog, people would be like. Yeah, of course. He went to Oxford. We know that. Or That's, maybe there's like there's already there. a popular franchise of talking hedgehogs over there. Possibly. A magical good time. That, that Was it a magical good like, time, Dan? Did uh, it live yeah, up? Is this the final... part of the episode where we talk about whether or not the poster lied to us? <laughs> to... I do I do want to mention I do want to mention uh Lawrence the Hedgehog says that great that great scene cut where he blows out the match and then suddenly it's a hedgehog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what a magical movie moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tara Reid apparently t- tweeted about this movie uh, making fun of the poster herself. Uh, so that's great. It's cool. Um, uh, yeah, Final Judgments. Is this a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie we kind of liked? I definitely did not like this movie. I'll, I'll put that up Go top. on. Uh, I think if I had seen this with like a group of friends, uh-huh. maybe this would be a good, bad movie. As it was, like just uh, Audrey and myself uh, watching it, 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 it this morning, <laughs> out of a sense of duty, <laughs> because for some reason mm-hmm. we have a podcast where we talk about hedgehog movies among other things. I didn't enjoy it even as a bad movie. I, there's something weirdly like grim about it. Like there's a sadness about this movie. I feel like it's whiskers. I don't know. Like this movie. I mean, was it too much? Too much whimsy? Too much, I, too much family-friendly whimsy th- for this you? This is one of these, like, 
like kids movies that you can just feel like the cynicism of the person who made it where they're just like I don't know. Kids will watch whatever crap. Let's get some washed up actors and, and it'll be fine. Whatever. We'll make a movie. Like it just like, there's a, an unpleasantness that I felt bled through <laughs> to the screen. Uh, but what do you guys think? I don't know. I, I actually, I had a fun time watching this mm-hmm. dumb movie. I think it, I think this is a solid, good, bad movie. I feel like it would be fun to watch with a group. It's very stupid. It doesn't, other than the, like, there's too much, there's way too much fat shaming. But other than that, it's, like, fairly innocuous. Yeah. Uh, except for, like, you have to see Dean Cain's stupid face all the time. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, it's dumb. It's like a talking cat. Uh, yeah, I would, I'm also going to have to put this in the good, bad, it would mm. be fun to watch with a group category. I think one of the things that makes that way for me is there are kids in it, but the kids are not terrible the kids are fine and so like i never felt like i was laughing at them which would make me feel bad but it is there's something about this movie where at every at every it it wants to tell the simplest story a girl makes a wish it's a a tale as old as time a Uh girl makes a wish Mm -hmm. a hedgehog talks bad guys want to steal the hedgehog Mm -hmm. and yet it somehow fails every single scene to accomplish telling that story (laughs) in new ways that i did not predict were gonna happen and so i and i found uh I found that very uh, fun to watch. And they left uh, so, so many I, plot threads for part two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy, once again, is a talking hedgehog. Didn't see that coming, did you? Part two, Andy's do, do talking the teacher, again. Do the teachers the hook title. up? That's the question. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, they oh, they do. They clearly do, because we see an image of them of snuggling together. In the, the second movie, end. Andy can, like, you know, help them get over their hesitation about hooking up. That's his job now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's it's called Andy the Talking Sex Therapist Hedgehog. And it's he's a, like it, it could be like a sequel to Hitch too. So it's like Andy now voiced by Will the Smith. Hitchhog? He's a hedgehog. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? Okay, so now you're talking my language, which is sequels to two movies at the same time. Right, so, right. so Hitch has either switched bodies with Andy or has been transformed into a hedgehog himself, and now the two of them have to help each other. Hitch is going to help Andy. Uh, get these teachers together and Andy's going to help Hitch live the life of a hedgehog. It's called, as we already said, Hitch, Hitchhog a- slash Andy the Talking Hedgehog 2. Um, yeah, that's the movie. So, uh, Jamel, that's a uh, you, you, movie you kind of liked? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I have to agree that this is um, uh, good, bad with the group, bad, bad by yourself. Mm-hmm. Watching it by myself at 10 o'clock at night. Uh, a little, <laughs> you took stock. Oh, man. A little high. It was not that great. But I can imagine watching it with some friends. And marveling, and we, we didn't really talk about this so much, too much, but marveling at how, like, it doesn't even look like it was shot on an iPhone. It, like, it looks yeah. bad in a way that's inexplicable to me, uh-huh. given that the, it, it would have been shot about 2018. And I feel like your average consumer-grade uh, camera would be able to capture some well, decent footage. There were yeah. some parts where, like, the shutter speed yes. went way down, and like, you know, for I, all the action and the stunts. <laughs> I just, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, there, I, there were a number of scenes where I had to. I was checking my internet connection. Yes. because suddenly it would be slow motion in between. Like, it would cut in a in a conversation. You would cut back and forth between shots that were right. in slow motion and shots that were not. And I was like. Is this? Am I having like early onset Alzheimer's? <laughs> well, that's, is there a problem with my Wi-Fi? What's happening? That's why I was pretty sure it wasn't my Wi-Fi because it would happen like within the same. Oh, I think you mean to say 
My Wi-Fi. My Wi-Fi. No, it, within, within the same scene, yeah, like, but different shots would be shot it. in different ways. And I confirmed other people complaining on Letterboxd, being like, why is this, like, weird, like, David Lynch effect on some of these shots? <laughs> Um, but that's, you know, you can watch with friends. You can talk about that stuff. You can talk about the weird uh, cheerleader wanting the fuck Dean Kane moment. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, don't watch this by yourself. It'll yeah. make you feel bad. Uh-huh. Yeah, you will. You will start to wonder what what is going on in my life. And it is <laughs> it is either, even though you watch it on Tubi. So it costs you nothing. It does cost you time. time yeah, like, you will never receive again. Like if you yeah. have like if you find yourself with a free afternoon and you go by your local art house cinema and you see that they're playing Andy the Talking Hedgehog and you're like, you know what? I need a little bit of me time. I'm going to treat myself. You go in, you buy yourself a pack of cookies, uh, maybe a, maybe a bottle of water, something to you know support the local cinema. And you go in there and you sit down. Then you watch the whole movie. Like you're going to feel like you wasted your time. Yeah. 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 Well, and the cinema's going to going to at the end the movie theater is going to be like we insist you take your money back. We hadn't watched the movie yet. Mm-hmm. We just watched it with you. You got to take it back. Oh, can I get a refund for the cookies and the water? Uh that okay, now we're in a gray area because you mm-hmm. still got those and those uh-huh. were fine quality. Uh and you ate them, right? Well, yeah, I didn't eat I didn't finish the bottle of water. No one ever does. Oh, well, I'm not going to no give ever you a little finishes a bottle of water. That's the most insane thing that you've yeah. ever said, Elliot. The weirder yeah, thing is, is, uh, is the weirder I'm thing the is the owner who's trying not to pay the, not to refund them for a bottle of I water. See. Okay, I'll say anything. I Look. feel like if <laughs> if you're a movie theater screening this movie, you're gonna sell a shitload of potato chips, right? The way Dean oh, Kane yeah. was nibbling on those things. You yeah. see Dean Kane eating them, and you're just like, oh, I wish I had those. Like the hedgehog one. was taking bigger bites of sausage than he was of those <laughs> chips. <laughs> I guess this movie proves that Dean Kane has a tiny mouth and that they use camera tricks to make it look like a normal human-sized mouth. Yeah. I'm Jesse Thorne. This week on Bullseye, David Byrne on the talking heads easing back into live performance and the magic of doo-wop. You don't get it very much, people doing dip 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 whoa, whoa, You don't get a lot of that. <laughs> Listen to Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. Hey, podcast fan. We'd like to get a better idea of who you are and what you care about. So we have a quick favor to ask. If you have a few minutes to spare, please go to MaximumFun.org slash ad survey. There, we've got a short anonymous survey that will take about five minutes to fill out. Plus, if you finish it, you'll get a 10% discount on merch at the MaxFun store. MaxFun shows have always relied on support from our members and always will. This survey will help keep the few ads we do run interesting and relevant to you. That's MaximumFun.org slash ad survey. A-D-S-U-R-V-E-Y. All one word. And thanks for your help. The Flophouse is sponsored in part by Squarespace. You can use Squarespace to turn your cool idea into a new website, blog or publish content, sell products and services of all kinds, and much, much more. Squarespace does this by giving you beautiful, customizable templates created by world-class designers, everything optimized for mobile right out of the box, a new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions, free and secure hosting, so why don't you head to squarespace.com slash flop for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code flop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hey, uh, Dan, I had an idea for a, for a website, and I was wondering if uh, Squarespace mm-hmm. would be able to help me with it. Sure, I, I'd love to hear about it. 
Uh, I, now, this is a common problem. We saw it in the movie. We've all experienced it, where mm-hmm. uh, you, you you have to go to the bathroom, either to number one or number two. That is a common problem. Respectively. Uh, and never number three. Into, never Number three, very rare. Uh, please see your doctor if number three come, rears its ugly head. Uh <laughs> You walk into the bathroom, and suddenly you're in a magical field where Tara Reid is asking you for a wish, to make a wish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you just need to use the bathroom, and suddenly your 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 John has been transformed into a portal to a magical fairyland. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a problem we've all had to deal with, and ordinary plumbers just are not up to the task of, of figuring out how to stop these portals. So that's why help my bathroom is a magic fairyland portal.com is your place to find the specialists you need to fix your bathroom turning into a magical fairyland portal problems our experts and you know i shouldn't say our experts because we are just a site that connects you we're a middleman we connect you the consumer who needs a bathroom and you need it fast because you are about to go in your pants while this mm-hmm. magical fairy is asking you for a wish and you can't just say i wish my bathroom was back they won't do that yeah. i've tried uh, we connect yeah. you with the professionals and the specialists who know not only how bathrooms work, but also how magical fairylands work and how to replace one with the other. Anyway, so help, my bathroom is a mag- portal to a magical fairyland.com uh, uh-huh. is your place to find this information. It's kind sure. of a networking site. We also have tutorials about how to do some repairs on your own if you say yeah, want to install not? a toilet in the magical fairyland. Again, you're just going to be using a toilet while sitting in an open magical fairyland, and the fairy will continue to ask you for wishes uh-huh. while you're using the toilet. If you're okay with that, that's fine. That's a personal preference. I personally have trouble going to the bathroom when a magical fairy is asking me if I have any wishes at the same time. Even if I'm in a stall and the magical being is standing outside of the stall and is just yelling at me, any wishes? Do you have a wish yet? It's both hard for me to perform my my waste duties and also hard for me to come up with a wish. It's just it's double stress, and I don't need it. So... I, I'm not the one to help you, but the tutorial's there if you want to try to do it on your own. Anyway, help. My bathroom has become a magicalfairylandportal.com or whatever I called it earlier would be your place to find the specialists <laughs> you need to solve that problem. Do you think Squarespace would be able to help me put up a website yeah, like that? Yeah, you know what? I really do, and I look forward to uh, listening back to this episode and hearing what you said rather than zoning out like I just wow. did. Wow. <laughs> Ouch. Honest, wow. Uh, honest moment from Dan McCoy. Yeah. I guess we're not being polite. We started getting real. I didn't yeah. realize uh-huh. that. Okay. Yeah. That's what we're getting. That's what you're getting today. Stuart. The Flophouse is also brought to you by Storyblocks. Bring your stories to life without sacrificing your vision with Storyblocks. Storyblocks Unlimited All-Access Plan gives you unlimited downloads of the over 1 million plus assets Ooh. in their library. You can try out multiple options quickly and find the perfect fit so you can create more and spend less. Stay on budget while telling the best version of your story with the most affordable subscription plans and tools on the market that scale to meet your needs. Restock is their commitment to increase representation in stock media by hiring creators from marginalized communities to create content that is more reflective of the diverse world we live in. And if you want to see some examples of Storyblocks' content, uh, I'm sure when you check out the upcoming Flophouse live show at the end of this month, uh, where we talk about Super Mario Brothers, tickets are still available. Uh, I'm sure there will be at least one or two segments where (laughs) we use uh, when we use Storyblocks footage to what give us a bathroom break. I well, I I hadn't confirmed this with you guys yet, actually, but I I was planning on doing. 
another intermission just to, you know, so we can have a bathroom break in the uh -huh. middle. For me, Pound some mostly, off camera. you know, like the, I'm sure the viewer actually won't get a bathroom break because they don't want to miss oh, the song. Oh, because they're going to be so busy loving that yeah. amazing story block. Although, switch. you know what? Yeah. You can take the laptop into the bathroom or the phone. Like, I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you, you where you Just put a piece of tape over the camera and you're all set. Yeah, yeah. sure. Uh -huh. Wait, why would you put tape over the camera? Just in case someone's hijacked. That uh, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In case a Russian bot is watching you pee, which is also mm -hmm. the title of, uh, which is also another website, www.helpabrussianbotiswatchingyoupee, <laughs> uh -huh. and my bathroom has been turned into a magical fairyland yep. portal.com. Yeah. So explore their library and subscribe today at storyblocks.com slash flop. Once again, that is storyblocks.com slash flop. And as Stuart mentioned, we've got our live show coming up. That's right. We'll be in your house on the computer screen, that is, mm -hmm. so you don't have to worry about cleaning up or making us dinner. September or 25th. Your, or in your phone when you're on the bus or when you're at work hiding in the closet so yeah. nobody can see you chortling away at our hijinks. Mm -hmm. Or <laughs> let's say you're a constipated. Perhaps the laughs that you're watching on your phone uh, will... Help loosen everything up. Just yeah. giggle that giggle that we need out of I mean, there. This is giggle not, that blockage. You know, out. the FDA hasn't approved us for that use, but off label. No, maybe. but it could be us, or perhaps as a marital aid. If uh, <laughs> if laughter. <laughs> Laughter is both the best medicine and the best aphrodisiac. Uh, so perhaps you just want to have us <laughs> no, playing totally on the side. True. Yeah. <laughs> well, mm -hmm. uh, flop house and chill. <laughs> <laughs> if you just want to flop house and chill, that's September 25th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Again, we're going to be talking the movie Super Mario Brothers. That's the only, I think, live-action feature film based on the most popular video game character in the history of video games. Uh, we're going to have all new uh, PowerPoint presentations at the start. Dan will make something with storyblocks so that he has time to pee in the middle. At the end, we'll be answering questions live from listeners over Twitter. And guess what, guys? What? Let's say you can't make it. Let's okay. say you're too busy Go on. Uh, at September 25th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Let's say you live somewhere where that's a crazy time. You're It's in the middle of the night or... Uh, in the middle of the morning when you're at work or lunchtime and Go lunchtime, on, you're yeah. just trying to get off a screen because you know uh -huh. you're on the Zoom meeting all day. Uh, if you buy a ticket, you'll get access to the archived recording of the show for one week. That's right. You can watch it at your leisure. You can watch it multiple times to memorize everything or type up a transcript because after that week, it will be gone forever. You just won't be able to watch it again. So if you have any interest in watching it, it only costs $10, one Alexander Hamilton, to get access to it whenever you want to watch it. Uh, as many times as you want to watch it. Put it on loop for a week. I don't care. Go mm -hmm. for it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll also, if we can get our act together in time, I think we can do it. We'll have some uh, Flophouse merchandise that will only be available during the time the show is available to watch, like we did last time. Uh -huh. uh, and we'll be talking about that during that show. So all for only $10. I mean, the merchandise you got to pay extra for. $10 for the ticket. And it's $10 per household. If you, you invite all your friends over, you can, <laughs> sure. we won't know, you know. Um September 25th, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, uh -huh. us talking about Super Mario Brothers. Yep. Why not buy tickets now while you're thinking about it? Just mm -hmm. go to Simple Ticks, either Google Simple Ticks Flophouse Mario Brothers or go to flophousepodcast.com slash events with a link to where you can buy tickets. It's just that easy, and it's going to be a lot of fun. You Allie? know it is because the last shows were fun. Yes, Dan. Hey, Allie, did you know that the directors of Super Mario Brothers also directed the video for Talking Heads Blind and Tom Tom Club Genius of Love? I did not know that. Yeah. Is that how it they actually... got the Super Mario gig? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, well, they were, I mean, they got it, yeah, off of being 
It looks like uh, music video directors and also doing the Max Headroom show. Yeah, and David Byrne was originally supposed to play Super Mario. So that's that's another aspect of it. Yeah. Oh, wow. But uh, but it makes sense that it, it, there's a real 80s, early 90s video I mean, they're like King Koopa style. Like the, the Koopa Troopers have big David Byrne suits, right? They do wear big suits. It all makes sense. We'll be connecting even more dots like that. September 25th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Super Mario Brothers. Flophousepodcast.com slash events for tickets. And thank you. Let's move on to letters from listeners. Uh, let's get let's get let's get this train rolling. Um, this one's from. <laughs> let's get this train rolling. He said an hour into the into the episode. <laughs> this one's from Kevin. Last name withheld. Who writes? While making my way through the Flophouse back catalog, I've stumbled across the origins of some flop lore, including Elliot first referring to the floppers as the original peaches. Episode. 17, Untraceable, and Stuart's Castle Freak recommendation, episode 53, Hannah Montana, the movie. But have yet to hear anyone talk about the show's theme music. Would you enlighten us? Thanks, Kevin, last name withheld. Yeah, I can't remember whether we've said this on air. I do get this question on Twitter sometimes. It is by Keith Bergun, who was, I believe, recommended to me by Brock, uh, mm-hmm. Elliot's friend and writing partner of the old days and uh Brock Mahan. And uh yeah, he I you know, I was just looking for someone to write a piece of music that was ours that we wouldn't be stealing some copyright copyrighted material uh in case the podcast inexplicably grew popular at some point. And uh you were you were very uh you were very uh, forward thinking about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah forward thinking because it was not but eight <laughs> years later, I think, that we started making money off the podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he he gave one version of it that was sort of more blues inflected because he was kind of going off of the flop house thing. And I said, mm-hmm. "Hey, could you make it more sort of like give it some of that uh, that Simpsons theme vibe, where it's like some sort of." Uh, like zany madcap feel and he just changed the instrumentation and uh and it worked it was great it's a real dave girl interview situation right here (laughs) yeah well i mean there's not like there's a lot to the story but that's that's what it is um anyway that's the theme but uh and uh also thank you to our producer alex smith for doing the 8-bit version of the flophouse theme uh-huh. For that uh, great video game episode, um, and doing other soundscapes for us, uh, but ooh, soundscapes! Yep. Yeah, this next one, this next letter is from Lena, last name withheld. Okay, Lena Dunn writes. Well, it's finally happened, and what we, the audience, can only assume was a desperate attempt to boost ratings. The Flop House has introduced an adorable child to the cast. Don't get me wrong, Sammy's great. His complete disregard for the conventions of linear storytelling and deadpan Mm -hmm. exasperation with his dad are a real breath of fresh air to the show's formula. But I worry what move this means for the what what this move means for the future of the show. What's next now that you've started down the well-worn path of shark jumping? Will one of the peaches be recast between seasons by a younger, sexier actor? Will Dan and Stuart finally get married only to get divorced so the writers can get some more mileage out of that whole Sam and Diane thing they have going on? Will Elliot be revealed to have been in a Russian spy all along and reveal that seems cataclysmic but really changes nothing about him as a character or his relationship with his friends? Which of you will heroically sacrifice yourself for your friends only to be resurrected a few short episodes later? 
in a move that allows mm-hmm. the show to keep going but cheapens the emotional impact of the death. Looking forward to your descent down the slippery slope. P.S. I cannot emphasize enough that I'm 100% joking. I would never seriously and unironically write in to complain about one of Elliot's kids. Only a monster would do that. Too late, Lena, monster. last name withheld. Wow, Elliot, put those knives away. I yeah. got it. Look, I got to back up my son. As you know from the Space Jam episode, uh, nothing I like less than a, than a, a parent just standing by while someone else rips their kid a new one. So <laughs> even this, even even this, kind, hev- email that this said that- kind, heavily qualified joke dig must be met with atomic destruction. <laughs> uh, and our, our descent goes right into, uh, I guess our descent starts with Small Timber, where we talk about uh, Andy the Talking Hedgehog, huh? Yeah, we've added an adorable animal to the cast, I guess, now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who would our adorable... T- I mean, we do have it. We have a, the house cat, who's kind of a talking That's animal. That's true. Yeah. All he says is rarao, but still. Mm-hmm. Where is the house cat, by the way, Stu? He hasn't been around in a long time. Oh, man, he, he's he's in rehab right now. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's he, he got real tight with the Coors Light beer wolf. <laughs> I guess we've had some tough signs- times. The signs were there in that interview that he did in Playboy. Yeah. yeah people were wondering if what was going on with him. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And his, uh, and his appearance on Marin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> his guys were Spuds McKenzie, unfortunately. Oh. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's too bad. Uh, so, right. what should we do? So, what should we do to wreck the show? Uh, ooh, I like the idea of, of replacing someone with uh, a new actor and yeah. just not mentioning it. You know, mm-hmm. interesting. Interesting. Our guest thinks that there should be a new co-host. <laughs> <to the show. laughs> yeah, I can, I, I can, I can be Dan, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. And it'll just be like, oh yeah, Dan's always been black. <laughs> <laughs> it's an audio medium. You can't prove us wrong. No evidence otherwise. No, yep. no paper trail. Um, the, that would be. That would be such. A, that'd be so. I mean, shows must have done that, right? Where they just cast a new person of a different ethnicity, and they're like. Same person. We, never, we just never, you know, obviously the same. Never talk about it. Well, I mean, the it. closest thing I can think of to that is the Fresh Prince when they replaced um, the mom who was a dark-skinned actor with a light-skinned actor. And we were just like, nothing changed. There's no yeah. difference here. Even yeah. though, like, right, like, um, uh, the actor who plays Carlton is very dark-skinned. And so it's sort of, it's sort of like, well, how, what happened there? <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that you're, you're, you, uh, you as a young person were writing into Fresh Prince being like, let's just look at their genotypes and phenotypes. You know, this is not uh, – who's, whose lineage is he expressing right now? Why, wait, for some reason, Stan Lee wrote back yeah. and gave you a no prize? Yeah, because yeah, he – yeah, uh, well, because Jamel also offered an explanation. That's how you get – that's oh, the okay. secret behind the no prize. You don't just find the mistake. You offer why. You explain why it's not a mistake. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. and the and the and the explanation can't be because Stan was writing seven books at the time and forgot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or that Kirby drew the issue in a day. So he he was just you know working on on fumes at that point. So now do we talk about recommendations, now Danny we do Boy? Recommendations, movies that you should probably watch instead. Of After this. you're done uh, enjoying some Andy the Talking Hedgehog, and, and you want to watch, watch something credits. else, don't turn it off when the credits start because you're going to miss all that that gold. I feel like you know? such an asshole. Uh, I would like <laughs> I, to. I think oh. it's the only reason I think it's funny, Stu, is because this was maybe the shortest movie we've seen ever. I mean, uh, except for That's me, true. Like, that, that was just like, and done. Couldn't watch a minute more. I immediately threw my laptop uh, across the room. I jumped on the treadmill, popped back, uh, popped Hellraiser back on so I could finish my workout. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I got to make my body as wet and glistening as the creatures on screen. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
for my recommendation. The thing is, Frank, the skinless monster in Hellraiser, that's my body goal. Oh, okay. Wow. He's really? all muscle. He's all muscle. Now, he you call muscle him a monster because he's, he's just like a skinless guy, right? I well, mean, when, re- when, I, pa- when I paused the movie and it listed the characters and their actors, it listed that character as Frank the monster. Mm. So uh, <laughs> oh, I'm going to okay. take my cue from Amazon, or I guess okay. it's probably IMDb. Uh... Hey. It's all one company. Look, every company is just the yeah, same. Yeah, World's Ibatsu Entertainment. We're <laughs> we're getting uh, you know into um, into what? the fall. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's only September now, but I'm you know I I don't need I don't need it to be October to start watching some horror movies. Ooh, Dan just and made a spooky face. I want to <laughs> recommend. <laughs> <laughs> a new movie uh, called <laughs> The Night House, uh, starring Rebecca Hall, um, and uh, it's about a woman whose husband has committed suicide, and uh, uh, under very sort of unusual circumstances, very unexpectedly, um, she has a lot of uh, sort of obviously sadness, but also anger at it happening confusion about why it happened mm-hmm. um and uh you know her grief her grief is strong and she is living in the house that he built for the two of them and strange things start happening and horror things start happening and honestly like i think that the movie's a little stronger when it is just uh, sort of focused on the mysterious things happening and her grief because rebecca hall is so good in the movie as is um, the uh, Sarah Goldberg plays her friend, and you may know her from Barry, where she plays Barry's right. girlfriend, and she's a great actor, and she turns a you know a pretty basic concerned friend role into uh, something that feels very real. Yeah, she's um, the one who's so good on Barry that she gets like endless hate mail from asshole oh. dudes on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> she's just doing her job, people. but she's, she's so an good actor. The- um, but the, I think that the movie is not quite as strong when it starts explaining things and gets into sort of the horror, the unraveling of the logic of what's going on. But it is still a very kind of haunting horror movie that I enjoyed quite a bit. So The Night House. Yeah, I want to see that thing. Stuart, what do you want to recommend? Uh, I'm going to go to my familiar place, my comfort zone. I'm going to say go over to Shudder, fire up Shudder, and watch a new movie that went up there. Uh, I don't know when you're listening to this, but at some point. Uh, It's a movie called Superhost. It's a little thriller that's a little nasty, and uh, it's got some really fun performances, including one from former Flophouse guest Barbara Crampton. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's uh, about a couple who make uh, YouTube video reviews of uh, Airbnbs, and they end up staying in an Airbnb that, it, uh, you know, let's, well, you, you can figure it out. It's like, it doesn't have any particular twists that are that surprising, but the performances are all really fun, and I thought it was, uh, I thought it was, it was good, and it was gory, and it was cool. Super host. Uh, I'll go next. How about that? Yeah. I have not. I have life has been busy, and I have not had a chance to watch uh, too many new movies lately, or any new movies other than Andy the Talking Hedgehog, <laughs> which uh, took up valuable 
movie viewing time that I would have loved to have spent on something else, anything else. Yeah, you're seeing all the reviews in from what, Venice and all these other film festivals. I I can only, I I I watched the video of the ovation they gave for Dune and I'm like, well, I hope to see it someday if I can finish with the Talking Hedgehog movies. But but I started, so I was thinking, I want to recommend a movie about a talking animal or that is good and I was doing some research and there are not very many, it turns out. There's not a lot of non Francis the Talking Mule? No, not even that there's not a lot of non-animated good talking animal movies hot to uh, trot <laughs> hot to trot i was briefly like do i have the guts to recommend a movie that i thought was marginally funny when i was seven <laughs> and have not seen since then <laughs> um but at a time when i i was young enough that i thought like yeah bobcat goldthwaite i guess this is how grown-ups talk you know <laughs> that's why he does that um but uh instead i'm gonna a better movie, I think, about an animal that learns how to talk or gains the ability to talk is um, – it made me think of Rise of the Planet of the Apes, the first of the recent uh, new Apes trilogy. And as someone who uh, really loves the original Planet of the Apes movies, I remember being really bowled over by what a good job they did in making a se- making a movie and then following it up with two sequels that were really good that – did something similar to the old series, but different enough that it felt like its own thing, but similar enough that it felt like we are we are we know the um, kind of the themes that we're playing with to a certain extent. Um, and so that first one, I just remember being so impressed by it when I thought it was gonna. I was worried that it was gonna turn out to be crap, as there had been a history of bad remakes of the Planet of the Apes movies, uh, and. It was just really good. So Rise of the Planet of the Apes, it's another movie about an animal who learns how to talk, this time through scientific rather through magical means, and it's a little harder to put the genie back in the bottle. Good one. I I remember watching this. I might have said this on the show before, but I remember, like, firing that up and – like right away, I'm like, oh, that that CGI baby monkey looks so fake. And then within like 10 minutes, I'm like sobbing. <laughs> I'm like, stupid CGI baby <laughs> making me cry. And, also, and we, we were speaking of Andy Circus earlier. Prime Andy Circus. But sorry, Jamal, you want to say? Okay, I would recommend those sequels too. Those sequels I think are really yeah. terrific. Oh, they're great. Um, yeah. The sequels are, if anything, better than the sequels to the original series too. Like they managed to keep, as much as I love Beneath and Escape. They uh the the sequels to the new ones are much higher quality all around than the original sequels. But sorry, you were gonna say. Um no, I mean I, my my recommendation uh, is not uh, talking animal or, or ape related. Um, it's uh, I, I recently watched for the first time the last seduction, nineteen ninety four erotic as part of thriller. Criterion Channel's ne- uh, uh, modern noir neo noir. Yes, as part of Criterion Channel's neo noir collection, several con- which contains several movies which are not noirs. Uh, it was very frustrating to me. There's a bunch yeah. of stuff in there that's sort of like, I mean, these are good, but like, I don't know if they belong here. You got ten uh, minutes think- in, and you're like, I can't watch this garbage. <laughs> <laughs> no one's no one's wearing a hat or using a gun. There's no shadows. I think uh, uh, I think the Criterion Channel falls down sometimes when they're like, here's instead of being like, here's five great neo noirs, they're like, here's. 30 neo-noirs. Right, and you're right, like, well, right. some of these, you don't expect me to watch them. That's the thing. But sorry, uh, talk about Last Seduction. Last Seduction's great. It's um, it, it's basically sort of double indemnity if the if the uh, femme fatale is the lead and also she is uh, a lunatic. Um, and it's uh, she's played by uh, Linda Fiorentino, who is scams her husband out of a bunch of money or steals a bunch of money and then is basically trying to get away with it. And pulls in a um, kind of a, a yokel named Peter Berg, 
who uh, gets really into her. And so it's sort of, it's Linda Fiorentino like exploiting uh, all the men around her for the sake of her trying to get this money. And it is, uh, it's a totally great watch. Uh, Fiorentino is terrific. She's like phenomenal in the role. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's a real shame that her career didn't take off the way I really think it should have um, after this and Men in Black. She had like, a, I think, I think, yeah. I think within a couple of years, she had this in Men in Black, which were two great performances from her. Well, she, I mean, she got a ref- reputation for being difficult, which is frequently coded for like, we just don't like this woman. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I, you know, I, yeah, I think she's a terrific actor. I look, I don't know what she's like on a set. I ha- I met her briefly socially, and she couldn't have been nicer. So I, 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 I've always been a fan. What was that that you met her on? Uh, uh, Sarah, my ex-wife, is friends with her sister, and we uh, hung out in a bar once, and she was. Oh, nice. that's really cool. Very cool. Yeah. The uh, I remember this was one of the first. I remember this movie came out in '94, and I remember so well being like 12 and watching like E or whatever, and hearing about how all these critics were saying that it should have been nominated for Academy Awards, but because it had aired on television first, yeah, it was ineligible, and how that was. And it was like the same the same issue that now we're going to be dealing with with what movies deserve to be nominated for Oscars if they're on streaming platforms. Like Last Seduction was a real pioneer with that in appearing on HBO before it was in theaters. Well, and John Dahl like had that happen to him with Red Rock West as well. Like he made these two noirs that both got uh, sort of dumped to premium cable. Is uh, Red Rock West isn't in the neo noir? Criterion collection, right? I can't remember, but it, it would so. qualify. No, I mean, so if it really... isn't, it's it would probably just because they don't have the rights to it. Is yeah. yes, it's not like they were like. I think it's hard to not I think it's, enough. I think I remember reading that's hard to hard to find. Yeah, but uh, I mean, if you go to the video store in my hometown, that's not there anymore. That's where I got it. Okay, so. I'll just head down to a place I don't know of. If you want to go to Video Town in Milburn, New Jersey, in 1995, you can okay. just pick up a copy of it. Okay. But he also, like, I feel like could have had a bigger career because, uh, you know, Rounders is sort of a cult classic now, and that's mm-hmm. a fun movie. And Joyride, I think, is a really underrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Directed. Great. Well, Paul I mean, Walker, he's, Steve he's Zahn, Lily Sobieski vehicle. Yeah. Pun intended. You got to imagine he's he's living off the 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 proceeds of his dad's estate, Royal Dahl. So he's probably <laughs> fine. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> let's. <laughs> on that note it's a dismissive <laughs> all right let's uh let's shut up the flop house for another week uh uh jamel is there anything that listeners should check out uh that you've been up to lately you don't uh, have to but if sir there's my new york times column there's my new york times newsletter you can check out on serious eats i have a, uh, a series reviewing bad cereals um <laughs> you can check that out that's a lot of fun uh, that's really about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's plenty. That's I, don't plenty. Want you to think that, I don't want you to think that you're underachieving <laughs> right now. You have <laughs> so much stuff, and yet you still found time to mm-hmm. watch this dumb movie. And come on, no, it's yeah, it's always a pl- it's always a pleasure to hang out with you guys. Thank you so yeah. much for being so here. Great to have you. Yeah. Thank you to Alex Smith, our producer, for uh-huh. making the show sound good. Um, thank you to Maximum Fun, our network. Uh, they lend us so much support. Please uh, return the favor. Go there. Listen to other podcasts. Um, you know, become a member of the network. Uh-huh. And go to 
Simple Ticks, Flophouse, and buy a ticket to our Super Mario Brothers show. Uh, I don't know how you're going to watch Super Mario Brothers. So that's on you, buddy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but you should uh, you should buy a ticket to hear us talk bullshit about it. Yeah, yeah. we can't do everything for you. But yeah, September 25th, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, Super Mario Brothers. Go to flophousepodcast.com slash events for the link to buy tickets. And I guess, yeah, go back to... Video Town in Milburn, New Jersey in 1995. Uh-huh. I bet they've got a copy of Super mm-hmm. Mario Brothers just sitting on Perfect. the shelf in the science fiction fantasy section, yeah. probably. Or take a, you know, go back in time and turn on TBS. It might be playing. Who knows? Yeah. But, um, yeah, until we talk to you again, I've been Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalen. I'm Jamel Bowie. Bye. Bye. Jamel, you know I'm going to be asking you about hedgehogs in America today, so <laughs> okay, all right. I'll, I'll, get that shit I ready. My, yeah, I got <laughs> my that pump, baby. Right, I'm ready. Yeah, come on. Okay. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.